Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Quick note before we begin, the Finding Genius Foundation, as part of the Finding Genius Podcast, has recently completed a book about understanding viruses. So the creation of this book was to interview 100 virologists, ask them a lot of deep, difficult questions, take the most difficult questions, and then re-interview the top 25 or so and ask them the hardest questions I could think of. And we compiled that all into a book. So you'll see question and four or five experts' answers. Question, four or five experts' answers. There's about 30 questions in the book. I think it's a great read for the layperson and for the researcher. talks about a lot of speculation in the world of viruses, such as are they alive or not, and why is it important? Uh, Why do viruses go latent or hidden or ineffective or sit in a person or an animal or another creature for weeks, months, years? and then suddenly become virulent and affect that person. Uh, So there's a lot of really provocative questions in the book. It's now on Amazon. So if you go to Amazon and type in Finding Genius, you'll see the book on viruses. It's also on Kindle. If you want to go and order it now, uh, you can do so again by going to Amazon or Kindle, or go go to FindingGeniusFoundation.org and go to Publications. There's an opportunity as well to get the transcripts of all the interviews and to hear the original interviews themselves. If we had put them all together, the book would be about a thousand pages, but we condensed them down to make it juicy and concise and tight and very interesting. So I hope you'll check out the book. Uh, we're now working on one about cancer, but this is going to be our goal is uh, three times a year to come out with these masterclass books that I think will inspire new scientific research. And I hope you'll check it out. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius podcast, now part of the nonprofit Finding Genius Foundation. I have David Getoff. He's the author of Abundant Health in a Toxic World. He's also a teaching faculty at the American College of Integrative Medicine and Dentistry. I watched a number of his videos on YouTube, and he's a very common sense, practical type of guy. Let me go more into his bio. He's also a board certified clinical nutritionist and a traditional naturopath. He's also an internationally recognized expert in nutrition diet and the use of nutritional supplements and detoxification. And he's lectured at dozens of scientific medical, nutritional, dental, and agricultural conferences across the U.S. So here's an example of his practical wisdom before we get started. I, you know, I watched the video with him and he said, you know, should you eat meat, essentially? And he said, well, if you eat an animal that's sick, you'll be sick. If you eat a healthy animal that ate good things and was healthy, then it's more likely that you'll be healthy. So that's the kind of wisdom that uh, I gleaned from him. And that's why I'm glad to have him here. So David, thanks for coming. My pleasure. Anytime I can educate the public, whether whether that be the general public or health professionals, I am always happy to do so. Yeah. Well, tell me about your, your journey. Usually people that are into health and nutrition have some kind of health journey themselves. So if you wouldn't mind, just, you know, how did you come about to this? Well, I wouldn't mind at all. Uh, actually, it's very, very interesting. I believe almost every, might even be every, might be 100%, but almost every uh, holistic professional that I've ever, ever met had something go on in their life 
where the mainstream medicine was not able to help them uh, or cure them or you know you know get them better or whatever save their lives in some cases uh, but some other holistic professional was and that might have been a naturopath a chiropractor an acupuncturist an herbalist any number of various different things and it got them interested in going into a holistic profession and they might have gone into the profession that helped them or they might have just opened their eyes to the fact that uh, modern medicine uh, simply drugs away undesirable symptoms while the condition gets worse, and they might have found some other profession that was in the holistic area. That never happened to me. I was a healthy kid, brought up in a healthy family, and of course they didn't eat as well as, <laughs> as I know now to eat and as I teach people to eat, but none of that happened to me. I just started reading interesting books. I think the first ones I read were by Adele Davis, you know, let's get well, uh, let's eat right to have healthy children, things like that. And it was interesting. And so I subscribed to a couple of different magazines. I think the first one was uh, Let's Live. Back then, I also subscribed to Prevention, which I wouldn't subscribe to now because they uh, <laughs> have been taken over by the pharmaceutical companies. I Probably what happened is that they, they were going to go out of business and they figured if they couldn't take pharmaceutical advertisement, then they wouldn't have money. So they started doing that. But I mean, I won't touch anybody that's being supported by pharmaceuticals because they can't tell the truth, just like ABC, NBC, CBS, and the media. You know, they, all, most of their money comes in from pharmaceutical ads. So I just kept on learning. It was just interesting. And uh, I started going to uh, seminars. Uh, there wasn't really any internet back then. There weren't any webinars. There weren't any podcasts like what you're doing here to help people, which is great. So I just kept on reading and reading and reading, subscribed to a bunch of different newsletters, found a couple of different experts, you know, Jonathan Wright, who is still a world-renowned expert in, in nutrition, and um, there's so many different ones. It's, it's amazing. He sticks in my head because I've learned more from him than from any other single holistic professional, but I've learned from lots and lots of people. And uh, well, I, Quick question here before you go on. Yeah. You mentioned you know, like the news, ABC, NBC, et cetera, are, are captured by pharma. Maybe it's a stupid question, but how do you know? And how can people that that watch those shows know pretty quickly that that's the case? Well, the easiest way, uh, I mean, it's not, it's not a, a proof maybe that would hold up in court, but the easiest way is that if you are open enough and willing enough to understand how much of factual scientific information doesn't always get into the general media and you go hunting for it. So, you know, you take a look at the problems with uh, silver amalgam fillings uh, outgassing mercury and how this has been discovered. It has been proven to the satisfaction of uh, science. And so numerous countries have outlawed silver amalgam fillings. Uh, we keep on using them. There's all sorts of different genetically modified uh, foods. Uh, you, know, you go to Europe, there are places where there are no GMO foods. They won't allow them to be sold there because they know they're harmful to people. Here we go ahead and say, oh, they're totally fine. And you wonder why so many countries, fluoride is another good example, many, many, many countries have stopped fluoridating water for a, a, many, many years ago because they found out that uh, fluoridated water has been very conclusively proven in very good science, many, many studies, uh, not to in any way reduce tooth decay, but it massively increases a number of different cancers, uh, hip fractures, all sorts of different things, and yet we never hear about it. Even though I'm not on the telephone with them, I can't hear this happen. Uh, this has been said at many, many different medical conferences I've been at, and obviously those are the holistic medical conferences, but where people will say that, and then some of them actually know some of the people at the networks, and they've actually had them tell them this. But as far as, let, let's say a, a study gets uh, published that shows that, um, I don't know, some herb worked as well or better 
than the prescription drugs. And you never hear about it unless you're connected, unless you get some of the non-medical journals or the holistic medical journals or the scientific journals instead of the medical journals. And there, this whole thing is written up. It's like, my goodness, there, there are millions of people on that particular set of drugs. How come they're not telling people that this herb or these herbs or this diet change works better? Well, because what I'm sure happens, even though I wasn't on the phone call to listen to it, is that it comes out, the study comes out, and uh, somebody maybe gets shown it, and uh, most likely the network gets a contact, gets a phone call from somebody at, you know, who knows, uh, Pfizer, Merck, Sibagaygi, uh, Ventus Pasteur, whichever company. And they say, we understand that this uh, study just came out that showed that, you know, pick an herb, uh, let's say St. John's work, uh, worked better in mild to moderate depression than every drug they used it against. And there is such a study. It was a very well done study, actually. Before we continue... I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700-plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000-plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. I, I personally think they're literally that black and white, and the reason is because it isn't illegal for any corporation to say, you know, if you do such and such, that feels like you're not really supporting our uh, our industry, and we're going to stop advertising with you. You know, you and I think of that. We listen to it. Sounds like blackmail, but technically, it's totally legal for for us. You know, them to say if you're going to do that, obviously you don't support us. We're going to pull all these advertising dollars, and they go, well, you know, maybe we shouldn't do that. Uh, the one on Nike shoes is on my website. The one on um, on Monsanto and Fox News and uh, RBG RBGH is on my website, uh, and you know, these are not little scripts that somebody came up with. These are things that actually happened. You go, how often is this happening and in how many other areas and how do we get the truth? And it's hard. The problem, uh, vitamin A and vitamin C, they haven't been talking about, but they should because those are even equally important to vitamin D. But yeah, those people get cut out, censored, deplatformed. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. Let's go back. Let's talk about your practice a bit. What's what are some of the major elements that you do and go over with your clients to help them improve their health? Like what, what kind of states do they come in when they first meet you? And then what do you do to help? Well, people come to me with uh, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, all sorts of different autoimmune diseases. I mean, you name it. And uh, I've had somebody or many people come into me with it. Uh, what do I do? The most important things that are required in order to support the body's ability to heal as much as it is able to heal uh, which in many cases is totally. I mean, I have plenty of people that came to me with type 2 diabetes. They were on uh, two drugs, etc., etc. They were eating the diet that the dietician who was hired by their doctor told them to eat. And I totally threw that in the, in the garbage, completely changed their diet. Now they're eating everything the dietician wouldn't want them to eat. And most often within as little as uh, two months <clears throat> and sometimes as much as six or eight months, they don't need any of the drugs. Their doctor has taken them off the drugs because they don't need them. I can't take them off the drugs. I'm not a, a licensed MD. But the doctor takes them off the drugs because all of their numbers have dropped down to normal because we've gotten their diet correct. 
So the most important things, in no particular order, because for one person, one's more important, for another, another is more important. But the most important things are that you eat the proper types and qualities of food in the uh, approximate proper amounts. I mean, nobody has to weigh anything. But people need to be on what I call a high good fat, low bad fat, preferably zero bad fat, a high good fat diet. And that means we have to go back to butter from grass-fed cows and uh, lard from outdoor uh, heirloom pigs and true extra virgin olive oil because most of the stuff on the market isn't extra virgin olive oil. They're lying on the label. That was proven with a number of studies. Uh, Ghee from, uh, again, grass-fed cows. Coconut oil and palm kernel oil, uh, palm fruit oil from uh, organic, organically grown you know, coconuts and, and palm fruit. So we, you know, all the good fats. And we get rid of the bad fats. So we get rid of, uh, or they eat as little as possible, again, zero would be good, of the ones that we're being told to eat, which are very bad for us and which were never eaten throughout history because we didn't even know you could press a kernel of corn or a soybean uh, or any of those things and get fats out of them. We didn't even know those things. So those go away. So the corn oil, soybean oil, canola oil, which is a uh, an oil made from uh, genetically modified seeds, uh, cottonseed oil, uh, there are so many different ones. Those, those all go away. So people are eating many more saturated fats, and uh, that, way, that way we get rid of the heart disease that they're claiming they cause. Go ahead. I have a quick question here. Um, I've spoken to you know many, many people. I have people that that will tell me, oh, you should, you know, you should have a raw vegan diet. And they, they'll, they'll show me like their testimonials and they'll have thousands of them. And then I've talked to many other people that will say, oh, the keto diet. And they have thousands of testimonials. And I believe both. I just don't understand how, you know, do you, do you have that belief or that experience that, you know, different diets do work better with different people? Or what is the common theme that allows these seemingly different practitioners to get good results? The common theme is the uh, vast reduction or elimination of bad foods. And so if you take somebody that was eating garbage beef and all sorts of different things that, that we, that the people that know, understand are bad for you, and you stick them on a not a good diet, in other words, a really bad diet, like a vegan diet, for example, uh, but you also at the same time cut out a whole bunch of bad things that they were eating, then you may see a whole bunch of improvements occur. You may even see their body able to cure things. And depending on the particular diet they're on, it may be because it's helping them detox. It may be because you've removed bad things. But what I always like to tell people, I'm the vice president of a 69-year-old nonprofit, the Price Pottinger Nutrition Foundation, uh, PP for Price Pottinger, NF for nutritionfoundation.org will bring people there if they want to take a look at it. It is not the Weston A. Price Foundation. Uh, that was a woman that worked for us for a long time and then left us, started her own organization, and they never should have given her the rights to even use that name because we were founded that way. But we're, you know, she's about, I think, 20 years old. We're almost 70. Uh, and what uh, Price found as he traveled around the world is that the way, or actually he, he figured this one out beforehand, the way to determine a method of healthy eating is always going to be not doing an experiment for two months, six months, eight months, for a year, two years, three years, unless, of course, that's how much longer you want to live. I mean, if, if, if changing your diet makes you feel healthier for the next five years, but court, uh, you know, cuts 20 years off your life or gives you lots of other things that come up later, but you didn't know that, you won't think it was the diet because you saw the health benefits at the beginning and you will assume that something else is causing the detriment later. So what he uh, you know, looked at and said is, 
how do we find out what diets really, really are healthy? And I don't even like the word diet because diet is a, is a, a temporary change in eating habits for a desired result. I choose to instead say just, you know, eating healthily. But the way you find this is very simple, a little bit harder today because we've sort of encroached on so many different traditional populations and now they do things that they shouldn't. But nonetheless, the uh, way to find this is you need to examine a number of different populations around our gigantic planet and you need to find populations that have been eating because there were no stores, no no electricity, so no refrigeration, no freezing. So they were eating off the land. They were eating what they could find. They were eating what they could hunt, what they could fish, what they could kill. You need to find people that have been eating the same way for hundreds of years or thousands of years. So let's say, let's, let's make it easy. At least five generations they've been eating that way because it takes multiple generations of doing the wrong thing for certain things to get worse and worse and worse. So, for example, um, when they, he studied those populations around the world, and they're all written up in his book, which is still a fantastic book called Nutrition and Physical Degeneration by Weston Price, and we still publish it at the Price Pottinger. You take a look and you see that these people into old age still have all their strengths, still have all their faculties. You know, they might be 65 years old, and they might be out there with a, a bow and arrow, trying to find a, uh, an elk or, or something to kill to be able to feed their family, they still have perfect health. We don't have cancer. We don't have diabetes. We don't have heart disease. We don't have eyeglasses. There wouldn't be anybody there to make them for them because <laughs> that occupation it doesn't exist there. Uh, so that's what you need. You need five generations eating the same way. Now, we don't have any five-generation vegans. It is my belief, I can't prove it because that experiment hasn't been done as a study, uh, that you would never get five-generation vegans, fifth-generation fifth vegans, because so many of the required nutrients, uh, EPA, icosopentanoic acid, DHA, docosahexanoic acid, those are animal fats, and they don't exist in the plant world. And so when somebody eats flaxseed oil and saying, that's an omega-3, yes, it is. It is an omega-3, but it's not the omega-3 your body needs. Your body needs EPA and DHA, and they have done studies on humans to find out that many, many people can barely convert any of the flaxseed oil into the necessary EPA and DHA. Some people can convert 0%, 5%, 15%, 25%. It never gets really high because historically we all got our omega-3s from the animals that were eating what they're supposed to eat. They were out there eating you know, grass and weeds, and now we eat the ones that are eating corn. So we didn't need to be able to make a lot. And so EPA and DHA people are all going to be deficient in. That's going to cause all sorts of memory and neurological problems. We have uh, things like uh, vitamin B12, which is sort of like an animal nutrient. There are vegetable sources of B12, but they're very poorly absorbed. So most vegans take B12 supplements. I'm sorry, if you are required to take a specific vitamin for long-term health on your diet, you really think that that's going to prove that that's a good diet? So if you can't have a single society on a gigantic globe like the Earth in which they were vegan, and Weston Price actually thought that he was going to find vegetarian societies to be healthier, and he was surprised because every once in a while there were two societies that he studied that were in the same part of the world, and so they ate similarly, but because one of them had more access to animals, uh, they were always healthier than the ones that had less access to animals. But of course, they weren't eating the garbagely raised animals that we have. So again, we need five generations on a specific diet to validate it. But yes, you can certainly put people on all sorts of different diets 
and if you are managing to give them more of some nutrients they were deficient in, and if the diet that they're on reduces or removes some of the things that weren't good for them, then it's very possible short-term they might totally turn around. But long-term, no. And actually one woman, uh, Lierre Keith, she wrote a really good book called The Vegetarian Myth. Uh, I interviewed her in the interviews on my website, but people should just buy the book. She was vegan. She went vegan. She listened to a bunch of the people on the lectern talking about how veganism was terrific and uh, we shouldn't be killing these animals. And she said, okay, that sounds like a good thing. You know, people decide who to believe. And she switched over to veganism. Slowly, over a period of time, her health started to degrade. And at one point, she wasn't doing very well. And I'm trying to remember what, how she put it, that she had, she had a need for a steak or something, and she went out and she totally <laughs> screwed up her vegan diet and had a piece of steak. I may have it a little bit wrong. And she felt better the next day, and she said, wait a minute, there's something wrong if I feel better when I go off the vegan diet. And she decided, instead of listening to the people that were trying to you know, tell her that veganism was terrific, let's look at the science. Let's see if we can find scientific studies that show how people ate a long time ago, what different tribes have eaten, and is there a proof for this and is there proof for that? And she found out that most of what the people that were lecturing to her about the vegan diet, they may have believed it. And as my father would have told me, because he was a fanatic for using words properly, if somebody says something that they believe and it is 100% wrong, they were not lying. You are only lying if you know you're telling a fib. So these people are very often saying things that they believe, and in fact, they are completely misrepresenting things, and they're completely wrong, but they believe them. So she investigates this and goes, oh my God. She said, this is every, all the stuff people have been telling me about the, about the benefits of, of vegan diet. The science is not behind that. The science is on the other side. She said, and, and as far as life is concerned, for people saying, but I care about life. We don't want to kill things. You kill more worms, insects, and other various different living things uh, troweling up one field to grow one crop than you could eat for the rest of five lifetimes. So, you know, you, 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 the, the vegans would have to say, well, I don't care if you're killing things that don't have as good a brain as us. You know, okay. So she did a very good job. I liked her book. Uh, after I read it, I interviewed her. But there's, there's a lot of myths out there, and people don't realize they're myths. And I've had people for many, many years that have asked me, after the knowledge that they gained from me or coming to me to be treated uh, has improved their health or the health of their families, and they said, but when I talk to my doctor or I talk to my friends and I'm eating all this saturated fat and I'm eating uh, you know, animal proteins and everything, and they say, you're wrong, and of course I know how good I feel, uh, and that my doctor is amazed because all my blood chemistry panels are now moving in the right direction eating what the doctor thinks I'm hurting myself, but the blood says I'm helping myself, how can I, I mean, I'm not a health practitioner, I don't have your knowledge, how can I help educate them? And I thought about that over and over again, and I finally came up with an answer, and I put a new section on my website a number of years ago, and I entitled it, In Search of Unknown Facts, because that's what these are. These are things that are true, but people are on the other side of the fact. They don't realize it's a fact. And I started listing a whole bunch of different things having to do with mercury uh, and uh, fluoride. And it's just a lot. I think I've got between 11 and 13 different things there. And what I teach, the first thing I have people do is listen to my little audio that's up there, which tells people what I mean by in search of unknown facts. Do you want to be in the 1% of the population? 
that learns things anywhere from two or three to as much as 20 years before everybody else? Or do you want to not know anything until everybody knows it, even if knowing it earlier might have extended your life, uh, prevented your kids' deaths, all sorts of different things? I want to be in the 1%. It's probably less than 1%. I want, to be, I want to know facts as soon as I can possibly get them. And is there a way to do that? Yes, there is. What you have to do is you have to silence in your mind all these people that are telling you that these other people are, are nuts, conspiracy theorists. And you need to locate, which is much easier now than it was 50 years ago. You know, I'm, I'm 69. And uh, when I was younger, there was no web. So the web has all the good stuff all the bad stuff, all the lies, all the facts and everything in the middle. So what you need to do is you need to find two or three experts with the proper credentials. So that might be an MD or an MD, PhD or research scientist. And you might want to look into them and make sure they really do have an MD and a PhD because people put all sorts of garbage on the web. Um, And you, you want to find the ones that are on the opposite side of your beliefs. And you want to find at least three and you want to listen or read, whether it's a book or a video or a documentary or whatever, you want to listen or read three or more properly credentialed experts that are on this opposite side to your beliefs. And after you've done that, you can go, holy crap, they've got a lot of good points. I've got to look into this further. I may be, I may be on the wrong side. Or you can decide they're all idiots and I'm going to stay where I am. But you can't, you can't do any of this if you're trying to get the, 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 the true facts, which is a funny term because there, there can't be untrue facts or they wouldn't be facts. But if you want to get the true facts, you have to be willing to find experts with the right credentials on the opposite side of your beliefs and listen to some of their presentations to see what they're doing. That's very, very important. Uh, and to, to get back to what, <laughs> what you started asking me before. So I said number one was diet, and that's what got us into, the, into this big, long tirade. Uh, so number one is I get people on what I know to be a healthy diet, and we start changing their, their, their eating habits. Uh, number two, and again, they're not in order. And this, it just happens to be more than one. Uh, number two is we start bringing in the nutrients, the supplements, uh, which we no longer can get enough of in our food. And it used to be long, 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 long time ago when everything that we ate was, in fact, itself eating correctly. So there was no such thing as corn-fed beef because people would have to you know, put the, uh, uh, the cattle in a corral and buy corn that somebody else grew and feed them. No, they'd be out there grazing. So we go back far enough, everybody was eating food that was, in fact, also eating what it was supposed to be eat, uh, eating. But now when we're getting all sorts of garbage, we're getting stuff that has been hybridized and genetically modified also, both. But even just hybridization, they want the plants to produce more, of course, you know, makes it better for them, they produce more. They want the plants to produce more fruits and vegetables that ship better and that don't get damaged as easily. They want the ones that look better. If it doesn't look as pretty, even though it's more nutritious, they don't want that. And so we have turned all of the growing toward making things do something which has nothing to do with health. Because the people that are growing all of our produce, they really don't understand. They are growing food. They are not growing an ornamental crop that has to look good. They are growing food. And therefore, they should be targeting, making it the most nutrient-dense with all the different things that should be in it. And they're not. They want it to look good. They want it to ship well. They want it to keep longer before it goes bad. And so this 
a changeover has made it so that most of the foods that we eat don't have anywhere near the number of nutrients that they had before. So automatically, everybody becomes deficient in many different nutrients that we require. And then we add to that the additional stresses that are on our bodies every day that were not on anybody's bodies hundreds of years ago. So we add the fact that we are indoors under artificial light instead of under sunlight, which is healthy as long as you don't burn. Uh, we add the fact uh, that we have all sorts of different chemicals in our houses that we use to clean and sanitize, which in many cases you shouldn't even be doing that. You should just be using soap and water, uh, not chlorine and ammonia, which are toxic. We add to that all the chemicals that they put inside our foods to preserve them. And I'm sorry, but preservation is the opposite of digestion. And we're not I want to ask you a, a quick question here. And again, it sure. relates to what's been going on the past year. With all this incessant spraying and cleaning and sanitizing and you know those are not even the right words for it what what do you think the implications going to be on everyone's health where they're being told to use hand sanitizer constantly and you know again all surfaces are being quote unquote sanitized a million times a day well that that has actually been researched there aren't a lot of long-term studies it's hard to do that because of what people are doing but the the thing that has come out from that which i do believe is most likely correct is called the hygiene hypothesis. And that is the hypothesis that the cleaner the environment that we live in, the poorer our immune system will be. Because we were on this planet for, you know, millions of years where, yeah, dirt got on food and, and uh, you know, we didn't go into our faucet uh, with our chlorinated, fluoridated water and wash the dirt off. Because first of all, we didn't have a faucet. Second of all, there was no chlorine and fluorine. Uh, and third of all, uh, if you had a word in the language of the particular tribe that I just made up, they wouldn't have called it dirt anyway. They probably would have called it soil because dirt and soil are two different things. If we say dirt, we think of something as being dirty and bad, whereas soil is not bad. If we didn't have soil, we wouldn't have plants. So the idea being that the less we are exposed to of all the things we should be exposed to, the less our immune system develops its ability to do things. And so I think that we are becoming more and more and more susceptible uh, and our immune systems are becoming worse and worse and worse. And if you add to that, the first place that a mammal gets a huge boost and actually sometimes looked at as the beginning of its immune system is the colostrum that comes in when the animal breastfeeds from its mother right after birth. And the colostrum is only in a large quantity for, depending on the particular mammal, for anywhere between six and eight hours, sometimes as much as a day, maybe a day and a half to two days, and then it's gone. So all of the women who never breastfed their child for the first two days after birth, you've automatically made that child much less of an immune system as he or she would have otherwise had for the rest of their life because you haven't started correctly. Uh, C-sections do other problems, and C-sections are being done more to schedule births. C-sections should be illegal unless there's a specific reason for it. But the hygiene hypothesis is the best answer to your question. I, I, I do believe that, uh, you know, people, people, when I was growing up, you had the, some of those ridiculous things, like you drop something on the floor and somebody would pick it up and, and eat it, and mommy or daddy would say, uh, you know, go wash that off. And you'd say, no, the 10-second the rule or 20-second rule or all these things that people made up, you know, if you got it within 10 seconds. Well, no, I mean, it, it depends on how clean your floor is, obviously. Uh, if there's a dog poop and, and stuff on your floor, sure. If you work the way people do in their life in Japan, where you have indoor and outdoor shoes, which I have done in my family for years and years, that as soon as you walk in the door, your shoes go on the side and you now have indoor shoes. 
And unless you have a dog, which I don't, our cats are indoors only, unless you have a dog that tracks all sorts of stuff inside, um, you don't have horrible things on your floor. And if something hits the floor and you eat it, then why would that be you know, that much worse than something else? And I'm not telling people spill stuff on the floor and clean it up and eat it. It's just that we, we don't get exposed to those different things. So, yes, I do believe that that is a problem. And to flip, flip, flip back to the nutrients, so we need a bunch of different nutrients, and we need more nutrients even than before because we're exposed to indoor light, we're exposed to chlorine fluorine, uh, fluoride, uh, and then when you add to that the, the biggest new, some people call it elephant in the room, which doesn't get spoken about very much, which there's a lot of research on, and you never hear about that on, on the news either, is wireless, wireless technologies. EMFs, electromagnetic fields, electromagnetic radiation. So we're talking about Wi-Fi, which there is no Wi-Fi in my building. My house and my office are Wi-Fi free. Everything has been what's called hardwired. And you've got uh, Bluetooth. Well, there's no Bluetooth in my house either. And you've got portable telephones. No, there's no portable telephones in my house. I'm talking to you on a, on a good quality uh, corded landline. And all of those things are inflammatory. And when the body is more inflamed, its need for many, many different nutrients, vitamins, minerals, etc., antioxidants, skyrockets. And we weren't getting enough from the food because the food isn't even producing as much as it was supposed to, so we're not even eating it correctly. And very, very often, unless you happen to have a farmer's market in your area, one of the things we love about Southern California, we have farmer's markets everywhere, the chances are that most of the produce that you buy in your store, although it looks beautiful for the reasons I just gave, was probably picked somewhere between five days and six months ago. The apples that you get could have been in, yep, apples that you get could have been in cold storage for six months. And some of the other different things, you know, came from another country and you get them four days later. Well, they don't want to pick them ripe because ripe produce is more damageable. So the last, uh, let's say, day or so, when all the nutrients really explode and get to the highest levels in your produce, never happens because they've been ripened off the plant. So all of that stuff makes us need more nutrients than we got before. So anybody that thinks that you don't need, at the very least, a really high-quality multivitamin, and there are a lot of good multivitamins out there, a simple one that nobody will have problems swallowing because it's liquid, and I have no associations with these companies, is called pH Balancer. I don't know why they named it that. pH Balancer, it's a liquid multi by Mother Earth Labs, and uh, you take a half, a half an ounce with breakfast and a half an ounce with dinner, and you've covered a whole bunch of different bases. You shake it up, leave it in the refrigerator. So that's just one way to do different things. But the third one, so we have food and we have nutrients. The third one is poisons in our body, so detoxification. And uh, anybody that wants to take a look into that, if somebody says, well, I, I live in a pretty poison-free area. I probably don't have too many poisons. You need to find the two studies, body burden, the pollution in people, and body burden, the pollution in newborns. These two studies were done by the Environmental Working Group, EWG.org. Uh, they're on their website somewhere. They're, they were done a long time ago. One was done in, I think, 2003 and 2008. They're a little bit harder to find. But if you contact EWG with an email and say, uh, you know, David Gedos said I need to uh, read your body burden, the pollution in people, Where, where's, where's a link? They'll send you a link. Um, I should ask them whether they'll let me put it on my website. But, you know, it's copyright. I try not to violate copyrights. Yeah. But they, they took 12 people. And they, uh, one of them was a, a fanatic uh, organic person. And they took some uh, fat samples from them. 
and sent them into multiple different laboratories because each lab has the ability to only analyze for different chemicals. And they analyzed for, I think it was about 165 chemicals. And they found between 50 and 80 chemicals in every single person, including the, the, the fanatic organic, uh, organic eating, eating person. Uh, this stuff is in everybody. And so we need to, one of the other things I do with everybody is I support uh, with different herbs, homeopathics, etc. I have found the products I like best that support detoxification. But first, I support their kidney function and I support their liver function. And I support those two organs function, which I talk about in my book, for anywhere from a month to sometimes four or five months before I can pull poisons out of their other cells rather than out of the kidney and liver cells. Because as we pull them out of the other cells, the body will filter them and they will go through the kidneys or the liver to be eliminated. And if those organs aren't working well enough, you'll make the person worse and feel worse because you're overloading the detox channels. So you got to over. You have to uh, clear out their kidneys and their filtration systems first, you're saying. Yep, you got to clean the clean the kidneys out, clean the liver out. Uh, as a nurse in San Diego that asked me years ago, she said, "Could could I put up?" This is the nurse asking me, "Could she do this? Could I put up a website where some of the things you talk about I make available to people because they're either hard to find or they're only health practitioner items?" And I said, "I don't know. I'll have to call the manufacturers up and find out if they'll let you do that." And uh, they did. They said, as long as they go out with my direction sheets that I wrote up, even if it's somebody I've never met, then they're okay with it. And so she put up a website, you know, that she calls it EliteAlternatives.net. I'm not sure. Never asked uh, Joan how she came up with that name, but that's what it is, EliteAlternatives.net. And, you know, she's got uh, the kidney support products I like, liver support products I like, you know, some of the other stuff that I've got there. But I've got a massive amount of stuff on my website, and I just want people to understand that – they can improve their health uh, in many, many different ways other than suppressing an undesirable symptom with a drug, which is all the doctors were taught. It's not their fault. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm upset that so many of them are so sure that what they're doing is right. Uh, another one of my bumper stickers is arrogant ignorance, a progress-stopping trait of very smart people. Because I don't think you can get through medical school if you're stupid. But you can be very, very smart and be totally wrong. Are there any intractable cases you've had, people that no matter what you did, they just didn't get better? Well, obviously, I don't have a crystal ball. So the people that have come to me with, uh, let's say, stage four metastatic cancer, you know, some of them are alive today and the cancer is gone and, uh, you know, their body took care of it when we did everything right. Uh, others, because of things that uh, we were doing together, you know, their doctor said, you know, you probably have six months to live, maybe eight months if you're lucky, and they made it for three years, and their family loves me because it gave them more time with them. Uh, but I don't have any way of knowing how much time I have given somebody that was otherwise dying. So, I mean, that I have no idea of. The The one thing that I can definitely say that I've had one or two times I wasn't able to do what I wanted but other, all the others were. Uh, and that is that people have come to me for fertility. Uh, fertility is going south. Fertility is getting really, really bad in America. And the reasons are numerous. You know, one of the reasons, of course, is our bad food. The other, another reason is all of our horrible deficiencies in nutrients. But as a couple of the world experts in electromagnetic fields, uh, such as Magda Havas and uh, Dr. Deborah Davis, who I've met many times at the e international EMF conferences, they've said that we have a massive increase in ovarian cancer, a cervical cancer. We've got a massive decrease 
in sperm count and sperm motility, so it's it, it, the sperm's ability to do what it wants to do, and that they have actually linked that with some nice experiments to prove that they're not making it up into the fact that the majority of people that carry cell phones, which of course is almost everybody, I, I do not carry a cell phone, uh, but the majority of people carry cell phones, carry the cell phone around their waist. So it's either in their front pocket, their back pocket, on their hip, in their purse, which is you know sitting right next to their waist. So they're basically irradiating their reproductive organs. And uh, so I have had people that have come to me and they've said, you know, we've tried, been trying to get pregnant for one year, two years, you know, whatever. Usually it's between one and two years. Uh, and they can't. And the ones that come to me are the ones that don't want to force the body to do something it couldn't do. So in other words, instead of going in for in vitro fertilization and using all sorts of drugs, which is trying to force the body to do something that it clearly it didn't want to do, they instead want to do that in a uh, proper holistic way where whatever it is that the body is not working correctly, we can make that change. So the body says, okay, now we're healthy enough. Now we'll be more than happy to let you get pregnant. And I have been able to get all of these people pregnant, but both the man and the woman have to come to me because we don't know who the problem is. We have no idea, and you can't tell by their tests. The tests are, are, are really not accurate. And yes, I have had either one or two cases where I was not able to help them get pregnant. All the others now have kids. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I, I don't expect that I will ever be perfect or that I'll ever know everything. I wouldn't ever want to know everything because learning new things is too much fun, uh, which is why I spend ten to $15,000 a year going to scientific conferences every single year except last year because of COVID. And I wanted to go. They just canceled the ball. You know, this year I'm uh, going to conferences again, and sometimes I'm one of the lecturers there, so I get to listen to all the other lectures for free because if I'm lecturing, they fly me in, and sometimes uh, I'm just going there to listen. Yeah, I didn't ask to pick on you, but I just wondered if there was – I mean, let me ask you in a different way. Is there um, one or two stories of people that you helped that – for some reason, just stick in your mind. You think they're, they were just amazing stories? Well, you know, the, the uh, diabetes is always amazing because when somebody's been on drugs for years and all we have to do is completely change their diet and let the pancreas start to heal, put them on the foods that regulate blood sugar, and all of a sudden, after under a year, these drugs they've been on for years and years, they're not on anymore. Uh, one of those gentlemen was, was here last week. And as we were changing his diet and he was making the changes, not as fast as I would have wanted, but that's okay. You know, it's, it's different to change your diet. I understand that. You know, some of the foods that you love are gone, but I want you to eat foods you still love, just different. And I said, uh, so he brought me his labs and I said, ah, so your A1C is down to 5.4 even after all of your drugs have been stopped. What did your doctor say? And he said, my doctor's purpose is to prescribe drugs. I said, yeah, that's one of the purposes. What do you mean? He said, I don't see her anymore. Ever since you helped me get my A1C down to where it's supposed to be, and she pulled, was able to pull me off the drugs, I have no reason to go in there. And so that, that we smiled. Obviously, there are other reasons to go in the doctor just to get labs done every once in a while to take a look at them. I have a, a number of people, actually my, my mother, uh, which I write about in my book, she had end-stage cancer. She had cancer all over her body. Uh, up and down her spine, in her rib cage, in her skull. And I asked her whether she wanted my help, knowing that she would say no. And she surprised the hell out of me. And she said, sure, I'll do whatever you want. And so we hired a cook because she was in New York and I was in California to make only the foods that I wanted made, all organic, et cetera, et cetera. Cut out all the bad fats, bring in the good fats, cut out all the starches and sugars. And they had told me, the two doctors, her two oncologists at Doctors Hospital in New York, had told me she had three months to live. 
I said, come on, you can't be that exact. And they said, yeah, well, three or four. I mean, we, this is what we do for a living. And her cancer has gone all over the place. You know, we gave her some chemo. It's not working anymore. And she's got three months to live. And I asked him, I said, don't you believe in miracles? And one of the doctors smiled and said, sure, four months. I said, that's a pretty small miracle. He said, five months. I said, that still feels like a small miracle. He said, six months and don't count on it. So a year later, when she was no longer in any pain, uh, was walking a mile a day, her hair had grown back, you know, after the chemo had made it go away, and she felt fantastic. And her patients, she was a psychologist, her patients that were also friends of hers had uh, been telling her, and she called me up to tell me this, they said, Jean, you look healthier than before you got cancer. And then she said, yeah, you can blame my son for that. I will, I will accept that blame. But after about another maybe six or eight months, so let's say 18 months, she stopped calling me to let me know what she was low on as I was, because that was her job. Eat well and let me know, you know when you're going to be out of some supplement I have you on and within two weeks and I'll send more in. And, and I said, Mom, what's going on? And she says, what do you mean? I feel fantastic. Everything's great. I said, yeah, but you haven't called me in the last three weeks to let me know what you're low on. Oh, yeah, I've stopped taking my supplements. Stop taking your supplements. Why? She says, well, they're not really doing anything, are they? She had gone into complete denial. What happened was that when my parents split up, when I was 12 and my father left, she had decided to good psychologists, right? You know, physician heal thyself. She decided that she wasn't lovable because if she was lovable, my father never would have left. And so here she's got all of these different patients that she'd been helping for years and years, many of whom I met at her funeral, uh, that loved her to death. That, you know, one person there was a 26-year-old, and the parents said, if it weren't for your mother, we never would have felt healthy enough to have a child. And then the 26-year-old child got up because she'd been in practice forever. And so we have all these people that she'd helped, but she didn't feel loved, and she didn't feel lovable. And so I am convinced to this day that when she got cancer, somewhere in her, body, in, her, in her mind, she went, I have a way out that nobody can get mad at me. Because I don't think she ever would have committed suicide. I have yeah. a way of, nobody will get mad at me because I've got cancer, end-stage cancer. You know, uh, They said I've got uh, you know, two, three months to live, and that'll be it. And that the only reason that she agreed to do what I wanted is because she figured, hey, look, they told me I have three months to live. Why not make my older son happy and do what he wants me to do? That's no big deal. I can do whatever it is he wants me to do for three months, I can do. And uh, 12 months later, when she, uh, all of the cancer areas in a scan uh, were either the same size or much smaller, the, the pain was gone, her hair had grown back, she had all of her energy, she felt terrific, she looked terrific, and she realized that if she continued doing everything I had her on, clearly she wasn't going to die. Her brain said, I can't do this anymore or I'm not going to leave. Because she didn't, she was not happy overall ever since my dad left. That's for a long, long time. And so she stopped everything. Yeah. So she stopped everything and let the cancer come back. And, you know, so I extended her life tremendously. But what that did was that showed me that even metastatic end stage, stage four cancer, where two top oncologists at a major hospital said, there's nothing that anybody can do. We've tried, and you know she's got three months to live, that I had the ability to teach somebody what things to do, how to change their life, what stuff to take, that at least in this one case, which in science is called an N of one, uh, was able to completely reverse this. And she was going to live, and everything was going away. And I went, this is, I love this. This is terrific. This is all I want to do for the rest of my life. 
And yeah, so excellent. it was that, rather than something happening to me, that really said, this is it. Now, I was already doing a little bit of this, but that really, that really clinched it for me. Okay. That's a, that's a really powerful story. I appreciate it. We, we are at the end of time. I feel like I could talk to you for a long time after this, but uh, we have to end. You, you mentioned a bunch of resources along the way, but what's the number one way people can find you? Yeah, the easiest way is just my website. Uh, the website is Naturopath for You, but to make life easier for people, I bought davidgetoff.com. And if you put in davidgetoff.com, it just e- automatically redirects you to the website. And it's, it's actually become funny because everybody spells David correctly. You know, unlike all these other words like, you know, Kathy, which you can spell five different ways or more. Uh, David is David. You know, it's D-A-V-I-D. But people very often don't quite understand when they only hear it and don't see it in writing that get off is G-E-T, get O-F-F, off, dot com. So they, they assume, well, no, nobody would have a, a name that's David Getoff. Yeah, that, that's a separate story when my grand, grandfather came in from, from Russia. But so they, they change the, the get off and they add two T's or they put in one T and they put in two, uh, one F instead of two F's or they put an H in the middle, get off. And then they say, your website's down. I go, my website's not down. So yeah, davidgetoff.com will instantly redirect them to my site. If you like this podcast, Please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.